CTN-CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmain and BlackBerry. Welcome to CTN-CIO Talk Network with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Welcome, listeners. Uh, this is Sanjo Gall, and uh, welcome to the segment on CTN. To learn more, well, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic for today is the IT leader predicament. And our guest for today's show is Brian Stewart, who is the Deputy CIO and Director of Business Transformation at the University of Alberta. Hey, Brian, how are you? Very good. And uh, we also have Michael Dillinger, who is the CIO with City of Tulsa. Hey, Michael, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Very good, sir. Very good. Thanks so much. So the topic today, the one which we have picked up, is something which I have been talking to quite a few IT leaders around the globe. I've been at multiple cities talking to the leaders, and almost everyone says that, hey, I am always inundated with business demands. And if I say yes, my team will chew me alive because it is way too much to handle and it becomes workload becomes unmanageable. There's a burnout and, and things get out of control. But if I say no, that means IT is trying to be the no people. So either way, it's not a good situation. And there is a predicament. So we got to figure out what is that sweet spot or what are some of the strategies or recipes we could create with respect to how you accept work, how much you accept it, how you prioritize and allocate and finally execute so you keep your eyes above water and also come across as a partner to business and keep the sanity alive for your team. So that said, Brian, the first question I'd like to start with you while it, it might look like a duh question, that what are the main reasons for IT feeling constant work pressure? Is it because we have we have been taught always to say yes? You know, I think the biggest challenge we, we face is that technology is moving at a pace that uh, we, we seldom can keep up with. Uh, and, and I believe that, you know, that's kind of the driving force behind um, the constant work pressure. We're always under the pressure to upgrade, to um, install something new, to add some new uh, bit of technology, uh, new, some new interface. Uh, so I think that's probably our biggest, the biggest reason behind it. So when... when uh, Jordan, look- I think it- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if I could, if I could uh, build on... on- on what Michael had said there, um, I think I think the work pressure is is there because there's just a huge amount of work to do. Um, if I could use an analogy, uh, and there's been many used in this case, but it's it's like running a restaurant and that we're serving a full house at the same time as we're trying to revise the menu, upgrade the facilities, and build an extension. And all the time, the customers are ordering a la carte and wondering why you can't deliver like McDonald's. That's sort of the environment we work in. Um, it's a really high pressure and high high volume environment. And as Michael had said, you've got the new technologies coming in, which again are putting pressure on on what our existing capabilities are. So there is a huge amount of work that we have to do. It's it's that's the reasons. And and so whenever we look at the type of workload that we see. I mean, we can say that, yes, the environment requires IT to do a lot more than what it used to be in the past. Uh, we'd be talking about digital. Everything wants to be, even the business wants it to be all innovative. But do you think there is a way to throttle this or the way to divide it so people can work without using the word pressure in the work? So, Michael, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think there is a way you can um, provide people a work environment that relieves some of the pressure. Uh, we've done some things here at the city, um, really kind of building upon this idea of collaboration, uh, where it, it's shared responsibility. Um, 
Well, we've had uh, really good success with improving overall employee morale with it, um, uh, but also even our delivery output. We've improved our service levels um, as well as our project delivery output. Uh, so I think there are ways you can address it, um, but you, it really is something you have to address kind of at a personal level and kind of giving your employees that environment that works best for each employee. Uh, you may have some employees that uh, work better at home, and we've got a few of those. And then you may have other employees who like to be in a, a, a big room with a big table and, and work with a bunch of people around them in, in more of a collaborative setting. So I think there is a personal side to that picture in relieving the pressure on, on each employee. And if, if that is what is happening where you are trying to provide a certain set of strategies, do they do they see it something where you are going to stick to it or when, they, when comes the next big project or a one big ask from business, we're going to drop all of those cool strategies that we deploy? Brian, what do you do in that case? Do you, do you, how do you keep that, that insulation for your team consistent? It's very difficult, to be quite honest, um, and not, not necessarily because uh, of any particular thing. It could be just all particular things, because you're running, you're running you know, generally large infrastructural bases, and any, anything can happen within them. You've got their cycles to, to maintain, and they, they can go south at, at any particular moment in time. So you've got all that going on, and then, then the business needs critical uh, business enablements, whether the applications or network uh, activities or whatever. Um, and then you can get uh, regulation changes, which force you to do things in, in that environment. So you control a lot, but you don't control all. So it is, it is difficult to be consistent and to be predictable for your staff. And I think part of it, and I really like what Michael was saying there and some of the stuff that they've done in, in Tulsa. So from our perspective, um, what we try to do is, is to order and, and schedule effectively and then you know, keep to that but always maintain and always help the staff understand that that can change, that we don't control everything, and that um, part of the gig is that you, you can get um, you know, these emergency things happening or these uh, big projects that suddenly seem to just push everything else over, but you have to react. It's, just, it's part of it. And to be quite honest, I think the staff sort of reflect on that, and, and I think they, they accept it. They say, you know, you know that's sort of part of, of what we have to do. But, but we can't control it entirely. Um, all we can do is sort of ameliorate the worst aspects of it. Question for you, Brian. If this is going to be a way of life where something will keep popping up and something which will require someone to scramble, would there be a way of staffing your team so that you still separate out that emergency function so if people don't use that as an excuse. I'm not saying that they want to, but use that as an excuse to say, I have so much pressure so I cannot get anything done, and which also is a hit on a morale. Could you not be accepting it and plan around it versus saying accepting defeat and say somehow we will have to get by? That's a defeatist attitude which your staff might take, and it might be counterproductive. Um, it is, you're, you're right on both counts. And, um, and we we're coming through that because, uh, we've had real problems in the past with, with multiple priorities and, and essentially you're right. The staff just give up and said, well, there's no point in me trying to plan or try to be efficient because, you know, whatever, whatever I, uh, put out for myself, whoever tasked this, we've, we've come together as a staff group. Um, it's just going to be washed away by whatever you come down with on the next one. Um, whatever the promises or whatever uh, somebody else wants, whoever shouts loudest. So it, it takes um, uh, a significant amount of effort to try and prevent that from happening. And, and one of the things that we've done uh, here in the last uh, couple of years is we brought in uh, a more identified overall schedule for uh, IT in general, admitting that we don't control everything, but at least whatever we do control, we, we manage it. And, and what we try to do then is engage with our staff to, to input into that so that we can then have an agreed priority list that, that we work on that allows us to say, okay, that's the default list. Things can change, but that's the default list. Now, here's how we're going to handle uh, things that aren't on that list that may come in because of whatever reason, as I sort of alluded to earlier, and then we'll adjust accordingly. 
but we do have a process. It's not, it's not just whoever shouts loudest, and we're not just going to take anything on for whatever reason. Um, so we try to do it in both, both those ways. We are having some success. We are beginning to get more control of the schedule, and I think the staff are beginning to accept that, yeah, okay, fine, this isn't perfect, but, but there is something in place that, that helps protect us out of just sort of mindless changes to, to our schedule. So, Michael, uh, recently I spoke to a leader, and she said, I've got team members, and business leaders would just show up at that, like some of the team members' desk and say, I want this yesterday. And these could be pretty senior people in the business. And they say, we do not know how to tackle it by either creating, could there be a process by which we say, go talk to my boss? Would that be a good way to do it? Other, they will feel that they, the, the, the staff is not empowered. Or if they say yes, because a big business leader, like the, someone senior in business comes over, then that creates the scrambling match. So if you were in their shoes, what would you have done to tackle it? We have, uh, that happens often. Uh, you know, it could be the mayor, it could be a counselor, it could be another director from another department coming in uh, and asking for, you know, a status update or even asking for new work um, directly to uh, one of my engineers or one of my developers. Um, typically, our approach with that is uh, that, if they can help them uh, in a very short period, they will go ahead and do it. Um, but if it's going to interrupt what is already on the roadmap, what's already on the schedule, uh, they'll actually instruct them to actually put in a request for that. Uh, and, and it seems to work very well. Um, we actually have a, a pretty structured governance process for approval of projects and that's really um, built around this idea that, you know, while we have 22 departments, uh, we all have a shared strategic uh, vision and strategic plan that we're following, uh, and everything that we do should be aligning towards that. So there are ways to handle it. Uh, you do have to be a bit sensitive, and there have been cases where, you know, an IT person um, may be a little rough uh, in their response, uh, and we've had to deal with that as well. So it, it, you kind of have, you, you got to deal with it with kid gloves sometimes. So given what we were talking about here, if you were to look at the hallway conversations becoming expectations. So one is someone comes to you and in a way, Brian, uh, sorry, Michael, it looks like you had given permission to your team to for smaller things at their discretion they could accept. But then there are a lot of hallway conversations that may happen even with you as CIOs or your direct reports from the business side, talking about things they want to get done, and they may say, yeah, 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 well, definitely we should talk about it, and then suddenly it becomes or it is expected as a project and somebody comes to you after some time for a status. And this is, again, not a problem I've heard the first time when talking to leaders. What can any organization do, especially the IT leaders do, to minimize or eliminate this from happening, which is hallway conversations becoming business expectations. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. I will take a quick break and we'll come back and explore this. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. 
Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Michael... How about us being vulnerable and open about the fact that the capacity planning, especially when it comes to workload and work variety and the undocumented work, it beats us to the punch in many cases. Is it the nature of the beast we should accept this? Or do you think a fundamental transformation is needed in the way IT leaders, along with business leaders, see IT work and the capacity we have? Well, I believe that, you know, kind of looking back, you know, IT used to try and keep our capacity challenges a secret. Um, <laughs> what, I've, what I've learned is we have to be transparent. Uh, we have to communicate our staffing challenges. We have to communicate our capacity challenges. We got um, everything from identifying uh, new personnel to come on board and attracting new personnel, uh, to filling project positions. Um, if we're not transparent with our with our customers, we ultimately will fail. Um, and, and I do think it's a, a shift in uh, in thinking with IT. Uh, as I said, many years um, looking back, I've seen in organizations where we try to hide the fact that we don't have the the ability to meet all the customers' needs. And I think if we're transparent about it, uh, we can be uh, far more successful. Um, they become our advocates. Um, you know, and that's, I think, what we really ultimately want is we want the business saying, okay, IT needs more personnel. IT needs more developers. They need more engineers um, because they can bring us more value. Uh, and so, again, if we, we turn the business into our advocates, uh, we can actually solve this problem. So, Brian, when you, we... You, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you, you, Michael brings up a really good point there. And there, there seems to be a fundamental insecurity in us in IT that, you know, we, we, seek, we seek to please and we're afraid to say that we can't do something. Um, and I, I, I don't know where it comes from, um, but we seem to be, you know, don't look beneath the curtain, you know, it's all good, we're fine, we'll be able to get it done some way. We, we don't seem to have an ability to be vulnerable. And to say, well, you know, we don't really know that very well, and we can't really do that. And there seems to be that that, that we have to present this all-encompassing, perfect view to to our, our clients. And and I think that's a maturity issue that we have to come over and 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 be, you know, and trust the fact that the business will will still you know like us after we admit that we're you know we have gaps. So, Brian, to your point, when you say this, this could also be stemming from the way our performance is measured. If we are only measured based on what results we delivered and not how creatively we managed our resources or how we got some people developed into leaders, then naturally we would become pleasers and somehow or at any cost we would like to deliver results because that's what will give us our bonuses, our promotions, and our accolades. Do you think that's where the issue lies? Potentially. Um, part, part of it may be, uh, just you know, it's coming to mind as we're talking, is um, the fact that you know, no one really knows what we do. Um, they know bits of what we do. They see, they see aspects of it. They see if the network is up or down. They see if the application is available. They see if the device works or not. So they see, they see components of what we do, but they don't fully understand the complexity of, of what it is that we do. Um, and and it's hard it's hard actually to, uh, to to tell people at times what it is, particularly and 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 I, this could be me and my sensitivities around it as well. But one of the things that that I always find striking is that senior leaders in in, in a lot of organisations don't care to know IT. 
they don't actually care to understand it. They might, I mean, there's a lot of finance for the non-financial executive programs out there, um, and there's a lot of sort of HR services out there. But a lot of people sort of, you know, are proud of the fact that they're, they're not geeks and they can't really work the stuff. Um, and that creates a sort of almost like a studied ignorance of, of IT and, and, and things related to IT. And therefore, we have this problem of explaining what we do. And as you say, well, how do I measure what you do? Because you've got all these people, and they seem to do stuff, and you, you all seem to be busy, but what really is it that we're getting out of it? And, and they, don't, they don't understand, and, and they don't care to understand. And the measurements around IT are not, you know, they're not as, as, as effective as they need to be. Um, and the linkages to business are not clear at times. And we have taken advantage of that, to be quite honest. At times, we've taken advantage of that for our own purposes. And, and you know, and that's, that's bad for us. And it's not to our credit, and it's ultimately to our cost. Um, but as I said, I think part of, of, of our insecurity may be the fact that, that people don't, don't really want to know exactly what we do and therefore don't really know how to evaluate it. So given, given what you just said uh, in this case, uh, Michael, when you went out and tried to uh, work on this or tried to work with the organization and tried to tell them that we have an issue with how much we are getting to work on and, and it is burning out staff, is this like you are speaking to a wall or are people here and you see some support on the way? I think we get a little of both. Um, you know, being a municipality, we are always challenged with budget. Um, you know, uh, being funded by taxpayers um, and uh, politicians don't ever want to increase taxes. Uh, it's always a limited uh, amount of revenue to support the operations. Um, that being said, I, I think we've had success in getting our customers to be our advocates. Um, even this year alone, we've uh, secured two additional positions, uh, not because we asked for them, but because the customer asked for them. Um, and so it, it kind of changed the dialogue because the customer was the one saying, um, IT needs this position to provide this service for our citizens. Um, which when you're presenting that to a mayor or a council, it comes across a completely different than IT saying, I need this person to fill uh, capacity or I need this person to do this a piece of work, right? Uh, and so I think there, there are ways to approach it and you have to put it in terms of what are your stakeholders truly wanting to hear? And, and what I found is, at, at times, the business is more effective at communicating the effective result um, versus IT being able to communicate that effective result. So one thing I'd share with you, which is based on many discussions, like even when we had this discussion today, the two of you mentioned about the outside influences which is causing this pressure or the predicament. How about looking within and see the three areas? One, what overwhelms your team? Besides the fact that you got too much to do, but are there certain flaws in the way the workflows and the processes are, which is creating that feeling of being overwhelmed? Then second, there is a lot of cases we've been seen that you got one person, say one SQL Server DBA for a uh, hundred databases, and if this person goes and wins a lottery, God bless you, I'm not sure what's going to happen to your department, which is over-dependence. And then the third is there are so many things that your IT department members could be doing which they really don't care about. So if either they are overwhelmed or they are, we are over-dependent on people or, or fewer people or fewer entities and or we are detached or disconnected, from a task or a project or an initiative, then that itself would create enough leakage which will reduce your team's productivity down to uh, very low, which will in turn, as a black box, you will deliver much less. So Brian, if I were to come to you and say, okay, let's do an audit on your department. I'm not saying you do it on the air. But is that done as part of the process? And is it done formally enough where you know that is your team working at its optimum? Um, no, uh, I would say it's not. 
Um, and, I, and this again is, is, is one of the failings of IT departments because they've, te- they've tended to come out of, of, of you know early days IT where it was all uh, trial and error and we were just developing and, and people were making production changes on the fly and, and, and stuff like that. So we've come from those days and, and we've, we've put in many, many processes and, and uh, uh, adopted frameworks that have prevented that from happening. But when it comes to capacity planning, capacity utilization, which are more operational um, management techniques, I can't say that IT is mature in this space, not that I've seen. Um, and, and we tend to still hark back to those early days of the trial and error and the experimenter and, and, um, and the, the, the fun of dealing with new technology. So therefore, when you come to the sort of more mature operational processes that, that, that say, industries or manufacturing would have or even some service organizations, uh, many of the metrics that we would go to would be, you know, uh, basic metrics um, that don't really tell you the value we're applying to the business, but they also don't tell you, are you using your staff efficiently? Partly because we don't know what those metrics are. Like, how do you know? I mean, people look at developers and say how many code lines they produce and say that's metric or some, you know, but, but then again, that isn't a true metric either because you can write lots of code and it can be really inefficient. So the metrics, the metrics in our area are difficult because, it, again, it falls that sort of knowledge Management metric, you know, how do you know if the manager's uh, being efficient? Yeah. How do you determine it? So these are very difficult and, and somewhat intractable problems that we have in terms of, um, of, of measuring and monitoring what that might be. But when you talk about the other things in terms of, of uh, over-dependence on individuals, that becomes a real problem when you try and do projects, and usually you're borrowing uh, from the operations side to implement a project, and your project lines get all messed up because you're waiting for a critical resource who's tied up on another project, and that's the only person or the only two people in the organization, and nothing can get done until they get freed from either some operational work or from other project work. That is a real problem. And you have to look at the overall to say, is that suboptimal, uh, or is that just the way it is, because you can't have one of everything, or you can't have two of everything, otherwise you'll have you know, uh, double your staff, and you just sort of make do. There's a, you know, you've got to look at your architecture and see, you know, can your architecture solve that problem? Have you uh, not followed any architectural principles and you've allowed one of everything to happen and therefore that's why you're reliant? Whereas if you had some standardized approaches, you'd be able to reduce that and you'd be able to have redundancy. So there is, there's a question and answer on that one that has to, has to be looked at. And when you talk about staff being disengaged by, you know, doing things that are not particularly interesting, that is a problem. Uh, but having said that, I think that's a problem regardless of IT. That's a problem in any business. Uh, anybody uh, working in any aspect of an organization may be set up of what's doing because they're not really interested in it or that particular aspect of it. So I think that's general, and that just follows the general management principles of how you motivate employees. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And Michael, based on what Brian already acknowledged, are these are the different issues. What is an intervention strategy? So if we don't do it, can we start doing it? What prevents us from doing it? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Thank you. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Voice America Business Network, 
the bottom line in business. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Michael, how about us being vulnerable and open about the fact that the capacity planning, especially when it comes to workload and work variety and the undocumented work, it beats us to the punch in many cases, is it the nature of the beast we should accept this? Or do you think a fundamental transformation is needed in the way IT leaders, along with business leaders, see IT work and the capacity we have? Well, I believe that, you know, kind of looking back, you know, IT used to try and keep our capacity challenges a secret. Um, <laughs> what I've what I've learned is we have to be transparent. Uh, we have to communicate our staffing challenges. We have to communicate our capacity challenges. We got um, everything from identifying uh, new personnel to come on board and attracting new personnel uh, to filling project positions. Um, if we're not transparent with our, with our customers, we ultimately will fail. Um, and, and I do think it's a, a shift in, uh, in thinking with IT. Uh, as I said, many years um, looking back, I've seen in organizations where we try to hide the fact that we don't have the, the ability to meet all the customers' needs. And I think if we're transparent about it, uh, we can be uh, far more successful. Um, they become our advocates. Um, you know, and that's, I think, what we really ultimately want is we want the business saying, okay, IT needs more personnel, IT needs more developers, they need more engineers, um, because they can bring us more value. Uh, and so, again, if we, we turn the business into our advocates, uh, we can actually solve this problem. So, Brian, when we, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you, you, Michael brings up a really good point there, and there, there seems to be a fundamental insecurity in us in IT that you know we, we seek we seek to please, and we're afraid to say that we can't do something. Um, and I, I I don't know where it comes from, um, but we seem to be you know don't look beneath the curtain. You know, it's all good, we're fine, we'll be able to get it done some way. We we don't seem to have an ability to be vulnerable and to say, well, you know, we don't really know that very well, and we can't really do that. And there seems to be that that, that we have to present this all-encompassing, perfect view to, to our, our clients. And, and I think that's a maturity issue that we have to come over and, and, and be, you know, and trust the fact that the business will, will still, you know, like us after we admit that we're, you know, we have gaps. So, Brian, to your point, when you say this, this could also be stemming from the way our performance is measured. If we are only measured based on what results we delivered, and not how creatively we managed our resources or how we got some people developed into leaders, then naturally we would become pleasers and somehow or at any cost we would like to deliver results because that's what will give us our bonuses, our promotions, and our accolades. Do you think that's where the issue lies? Potentially. Um, part, part of it may be, uh, just you know, it's coming to mind as we're talking, is um, the fact that you know no one really knows what we do. Um, they know bits of what we do. They see they see aspects of it. They see if the network is up or down. They see if the application is available. They see if the device works or not. So they see they see components of what we do, but they don't fully understand the complexity of, of what it is that we do. Um, and and it's hard it's hard actually to, uh, to to tell people at times what it is, particularly and 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 I, this could be me and my sensitivities around it as well, but. One of the things that, that I always find striking is that senior leaders in, in, in a lot of organizations don't care to know IT. They don't actually care to understand it. They might, I mean, there's a lot of finance for the non-financial executive programs out there, um, and there's a lot of sort of HR services out there. But a lot of people sort of, you know, are proud of the fact that they're, they're not geeks and they can't really work the stuff. Um, and that creates a sort of almost like a studied ignorance of, of IT and, and, and things related to IT. And therefore, we have this problem 
of explaining what we do. And as you say, well, how do I measure what you do? Because you've got all these people, and they seem to do stuff, and you, you all seem to be busy, but what really is it that we're getting out of it? And, and they, don't, they don't understand, and, and they don't care to understand. And the measurements around IT are not, you know, they're not as, as, as effective as they need to be. Um, and the linkages to business are not clear at times. And we have taken advantage of that, to be quite honest. At times, we've taken advantage of that for our own purposes. And, and you know, and that's, that's bad for us. And it's not to our credit, and it's ultimately to our cost. Um, but as I said, I think part of, of, of our insecurity may be the fact that, that people don't, don't really want to know exactly what we do and therefore don't really know how to evaluate it. So given, given what you just said uh, in this case, uh, Michael, when you went out and tried to uh, work on this or tried to work with the organization and tried to tell them that we have an issue with how much we are getting to work on and, and it is burning out staff, is this like you are speaking to a wall or, or people here and you see some support on the way? I think we get a little of both. Um, you know, being a municipality, we are always challenged with budget. Um, you know, uh, being funded by taxpayers um, and uh, politicians don't ever want to increase taxes. Uh, it's always a limited uh, amount of revenue to support the operations. Um, that being said, I, I think we've had success in getting our customers to be our advocates. Um, even this year alone, we've uh, secured two additional positions, uh, not because we asked for them, but because the customer asked for them. Um, and so it, it kind of changed the dialogue because the customer was the one saying, um, IT needs this position to provide this service for our citizens. Um, which when you're presenting that to a mayor or a council, it comes across a completely different than IT saying, I need this person to fill uh, capacity or I need this person to do this a piece of work, right? Uh, and so I think there, there are ways to approach it and you have to put it in terms of what are your stakeholders truly wanting to hear? And, and what I found is, at, at times, the business is more effective at communicating the effective result um, versus IT being able to communicate that effective result. So one thing I'd share with you, which is based on many discussions, like even when we had this discussion today, the two of you mentioned about the outside influences which is causing this pressure or the predicament. How about looking within and see the three areas? One, what overwhelms your team? Besides the fact that you got too much to do, but are there certain flaws in the way the workflows and the processes are, which is creating that feeling of being overwhelmed? Then second, there is a lot of cases we've been seeing that you got one person, say one SQL Server DBA for... Uh, 100 databases, and if this person goes and wins a lottery, God bless you, I'm not sure what's going to happen to your department, which is over-dependence. And then the third is there are so many things that your IT department members could be doing which they really don't care about. So if either they are overwhelmed or they are, we are over-dependent on people or, or fewer people or fewer entities and or we are detached or disconnected from a task or a project or an initiative, then that itself would create enough leakage which will reduce your team's productivity down to uh, very low, which will in turn, as a black box, you will deliver much less. So Brian, if I were to come to you and say, okay, let's do an audit on your department, I'm not saying you do it on the air, but is that done as part of the process? And is it done formally enough where you know that is your team working at its optimum? Um, no, uh, I would say it's not. Um, and, I, and this, again, is, is, is one of the failings of IT departments because they've, te they've tended to come out of, of, of you know, early days IT where it was all uh, trial and error and we were just developing and, and people were making production changes on the fly and, and, and stuff like that. So we've come from those days and, and we've, we've put in many, many processes and, and, 
uh, adopted frameworks that have prevented that from happening. But when it comes to capacity planning, capacity utilization, which are more operational um, management techniques, I can't say that IT is mature in this space, not that I've seen. Um, and, and we tend to still hark back to those early days of the trial and error and the experimenter and, and, um, and the, the, the fun of dealing with new technology. So therefore, when you come to the sort of more mature operational processes that, that, that say, industries or manufacturing would have, or even some service organizations, uh, many of the metrics that we would go to would be, you know, uh, basic metrics um, that don't really tell you the value we're applying to the business. But they also don't tell you, are you using your staff efficiently? Partly because we don't know what those metrics are. Like, how do you know? I mean, people look at developers and say how many code lines they produce and say that's metric or some, you know, but, but then again, that isn't a true metric either because you can write out the code and it can be really inefficient. So the, metric, the metrics in our area are difficult because, it, again, it falls that sort of knowledge management metric. You know, how do you know if the manager's uh, being efficient? Yeah. How do you determine it? So these are very difficult and, and somewhat intractable problems that we have in terms of, um, of, of measuring and monitoring what that might be. But when you talk about the other things in terms of, of uh, over-dependence on individuals, that becomes a real problem when you try and do projects, and usually you're borrowing uh, from the operations side to implement a project, and your project lines get all messed up because you're waiting for a critical resource who's tied up on another project, and that's the only person or the only two people in the organization, and nothing can get done until they get freed from either some operational work or from other project work. That is a real problem. And you have to look at the overall to say, is that suboptimal, uh, or is that just the way it is? Because you can't have one of everything, or you can't have two of everything. Otherwise, you'll have you know, uh, double your staff, and you just sort of make do. There's a, you know, you go look at your architecture and see, you know, can your architecture solve that problem? Have you uh, not followed any architectural principles and you've allowed one of everything to happen and therefore that's why you're reliant? Whereas if you had some standardized approaches, you'd be able to reduce that and you'd be able to have redundancy. So there is, there's a question and answer on that one that has to, has to be looked at. And when you talk about staff being disengaged by, you know, doing things they're not particularly interested in, that is a problem. Uh, but having said that, I think that's a problem regardless of IT. That's a problem in any business. Uh, anybody uh, working in any aspect of an organization may be set up of what they're doing because they're not really interested in it or that particular aspect of it. So I think that's general, and that just follows the general management principles of how you motivate employees. Let's take a quick break. Listeners will be right back. And Michael, based on what Brian already acknowledged are these are the different issues, what is an intervention strategy? So if we don't do it, can we start doing it? What prevents us from doing it? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Thank you. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Michael, take it away in terms of the intervention strategy so that the overwhelming, the over-dependence and or disconnectedness or detachment of your people inside the department, inside the IT department, could be causing the leakage and as a result, the predicament even or the work pressures that we all feel. I think we have to start uh, really changing the way we measure uh, you know, our, our metrics in general. Uh, we're all focused around that idea of results. Um, we're focused around numbers. Um, versus focused around what value is it bringing. Uh, it's, it's a difficult transition. Uh, I think IT is actually driven by this idea of I've increased uh, my output. Um, I've closed this many tickets. I've written this many lines of code, as was pointed out. Uh, and, and it's been something we've measured for years this way, uh, but it really doesn't bring any satisfaction to our employees. Um, it, it doesn't really bring any sense of accomplishment to our employees. Uh, and so when we, when, when we really look at it and say, okay, well, what did it actually accomplish? Um, what, what problem did it solve? Uh, what value did it bring to our customer? Then they start to see the accomplishment. And, and what we've tried here at the city to do is, is really bring everything that an employee does all the way down to the citizen. What, what value is it bringing to the citizen? Um, whether it be, you know, resetting someone's password to writing an entire jail management system, um, they both bring enormous value, um, but it's really helping the employee connect to that. So given what we just mentioned here, so uh, Brian, did you have a comment? Yeah, just one of the things that, that we've also done is that at, at, at our old staff meetings, um, we either bring our clients in or show videos of them um, reflecting on what we've done for them in terms of, so this is what Michael was talking about, where it's linked to you know what it is that we've done, and they will reflect to the group, here's what this has enabled us to do, and, and, and then they thank our staff for doing it. Um, it's, it's not really a metric, but it is, it is in a value. It is a, a sort of um, qualification that the, that the work that they're doing is of value and is meaningful and somebody has recognized it. And I think it's an important step along the way, uh, as we talked about the sort of disenfranchised employees, of saying your work matters. People notice. People care. So let's talk about this one final area, which is the leadership itself. So while, of course, you got to go to your team, build more leaders, you yourself have to evolve into a leader who can tackle the challenges of tomorrow and, of course, handle the ones we have today. And then we have to have these other business leaders who the very entities you're dealing with so that they could evolve to see IT better. If I were to take this so-called leadership as a focus point or focal point, what would you change in, in quality, in mindset, in communication? And Michael, this is a question for you, which will get us to the desired state or at least start help us moving in the right direction. Otherwise we could be talking about exactly the same thing next year. We want to not do that. Hmm. Michael. I would say the, the, the biggest change that really has to happen is that transparency. And it goes two ways. Um, the business needs to be transparent with um, IT um, in sharing their vision, their strategy, where they're heading uh, and then IT needs to be transparent in its abilities to deliver to that vision or that strategy. Uh, and, and, it, and it's very much a collaborative process. Um, it's, it's not we, – we as IT personnel cannot be successful without the business. And we're now in a, in a state of technology and delivery that even the business can't be successful without technology. Uh, and so uh, we're kind of married uh, to ensure success. Uh, and so if we can figure out that, that best way to collaborate, um, however it may be with each of the different uh, business owners, I think we will ultimately um, get past some of the challenges with capacity and changing technologies and, and being overwhelmed. And Brian, what do you think? 
what would you want to take give the listeners a takeaway um in terms of it one of the key things and we're doing it here is we've identified that we can't change um, and transform ourselves or transform the institution before we transform ourselves and we're at the, uh, we're at the nose cone of this transition um our jobs if you look at them and you you go a decade out and you'd say and how many of the jobs that you currently have will be needed in a decade in even five years and and you may be in, in over half will not be needed or certainly will be augmented significantly um, over where they are. To do that, we need strong leaders right throughout the IT organization. It can't be done top-down that the executives sort of you know, suggest, here's what we do, or tells everybody what's to do. We need right to the team, uh, team lead level. We need leaders who are thinking differently, who see the application of technologies in a different way, who are willing to transition and change themselves and change their teams uh, to adopt new technologies. It's very threatening um, to, to, you know, to bring cloud in to a group who have been running uh, within the data center and all of a sudden, um, you know, sysadmins are getting threatened by uh, potentially DevOps people who you may need one to three or whatever, and the ratio is not in their favor and their skill set's not there. And while we must and have to develop the skill set, you have to have the leadership that is willing to work with the staff and is willing to work with management all throughout the IT group to be able to take that change and to bring it forward and, and to implement it. So it's a crucial thing that when we talk about IT leaders, we're not just talking about um, senior management of IT. We're talking right through um, into the, the team lead level, into the supervisory level. It is crucial that they gain much stronger leadership capabilities. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I would really like to thank you both, Michael and Brian, for sharing insights on how organizations can see inwards, educate the stakeholders, and even build leaders within IT, as you said, Brian, to tackle this predicament IT leaders are facing where they cannot say yes and be overloaded or say no and earn a bad name. So thanks so much. It was pretty good insight that you both shared. Thanks so much again. Thank you. And uh, listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CTN CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter as well as LinkedIn group. Thanks again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening. CTN CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmain and BlackBerry.